Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Pulp Hockey Show with Ray Ferraro and Steve Mathis. Support the show by clicking the Amazon banner on PulpHockey.com before shopping. Follow the show on Twitter at Pulp Hockey. Subscribe on iTunes and find us on Stitcher or your favorite podcast app. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Pulp Hockey Podcast with Ray Ferraro. Thank you for listening. Get it on iTunes. Get it wherever you get podcasts from. Please uh, download, subscribe, leave us a review. We'd really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about hockey each and every week right here. And it's been great to uh, get some new listeners and some new uh, uh, Twitter followers. And welcome. What took you so long? I'm Steve Mathis. With me on the line, TSN lead color analyst, NHL grizzled vet, Ray Ferraro. What's up, Ray? How are you? Uh, I, I'm good. I just uh, just flew to Toronto from Phoenix. I was there yesterday for uh, Anaheim and uh, or Anaheim. It tells you what happens when the games start coming together. I was yeah. there for Ottawa and Arizona, mm-hmm. and in my first time seeing Arizona live this year. Yep. And and I know you know Ottawa is at the stage that they're at, but holy, did Arizona look good? Like they are really fast. Um, they're really aggressive, and they're in a good role right mm-hmm. now. They've got 27 goals they've scored in the last six games. It's hard to believe that was a team that got shut out three times in their first four games. Yeah, remember that? Remember, like, remember we yeah. were asking where the goals were? <laughs> yeah, well, they're here now. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, They looked really good. They, they really, really looked good. Uh, poor Mike Condon. Yeah. That goal was so shitty, he got waved today. <laughs> yes, yes. Welcome to the uh, professional sports, right? Yeah, like, uh, it just, I mean, to, to say that goal can't go in is an understatement. Mm-hmm. Like, if that goal went in in Bantam, you would say, oh, my gosh, that goal can't yeah. go in. Because yeah. usually a long-range goal, and, and if you didn't see it, Derek Stepan shorthanded just shot the puck down the ice from his old blue line. That's 140 feet. Yeah. And usually if one of those goes in, they bounce over mm-hmm. top of the goalie or, you know, yeah. there's kind of a crazy yep. bounce there. This was just down straight down the ice. He just missed it. And, um, you know, and it, it was just a brutal goal. And um, But that was just part of a night that was like just uh, it was wreckage for yeah. – um, for Ottawa, they they were out of that game really before it got started. Yeah, absolutely. Nice to see Coyotes turning around. They're six and five right now, uh, four in a row. They've won. Um, before we get too far into this, congratulations on another World Series victory for your Boston Red Sox. That uh, I'm I'm telling you, Steve. We're sitting there in the eighth inning. We're watching the game. We're all on the couch. And Reese, my eight year old, he says, uh, "Dad, you're pretty happy, aren't you?" And I said, "Reese, I am really happy because." See those three guys they're showing warming up in the bullpen? And it was Nate Evaldi and Chris Sale and Craig Kimbrell. Yeah. I said, this is over. There is no chance yeah. the Dodgers are getting four on those three guys. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. Lots of times, like, the, uh, the best team doesn't win. But they were the best team all year. And they were the best team you know, in yeah. the World Series. And, yeah. um, I mean, for those that, you know, that follow on Twitter, they know, but, you know, I've been a Red Sox fan since 75. 
And, you know, so everybody's now on this thing about, oh, Boston, they win, win, win all the time. But for 29 years, I, I, you know, I cheered for them from the time I was 11 to 40. And they, you know, they were in the World Series in 75. 86 was the Buckner game. Yeah. And, you know, they had the series. Like, everybody remembers Buckner's air, but holy crap, they had the series. It was two out. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't close the deal. Where were so you? Felt like Where were you for that? I, we had just played a game. Okay. So, in Hartford. Yeah. And um, went upstairs in the old mall, which was attached to the arena, the Hartford uh-huh. Civic Center. We were in this restaurant, and I was standing on a piano bench. There was two out, <laughs> and Gary Carter was up to bat. And... Gary Carter, Kevin Mitchell, and a wild or got base hits, a wild pitch. Somebody else, I forget who the third hit was, and then Mookie Wilson hit that roller as yeah. Vin Scully said, up the line behind the bag, and it went right through yeah. Buckner's like it felt like it felt like the series was over, even though there still was games. Yeah, yeah, at that point you're like, well, it was kind of like kind of like the Leafs, right? Like they're not winning this set the seventh game, like they're just not going to do it. It's you know, once, yeah. yeah, yeah, but that was in the first round. Yeah, Steve. yeah, I, I, know. I know you guys get excited <laughs> about the first round, but it was in the bloody first round. Like, if they had won that game, yeah, they would have gotten to get to the second the, the, round, the next round, right? Um, and so, I, you know, so yeah. I, for 25 years or so, it seemed yeah. like they were never going to win. So, 04 was so awesome, and it's the only team I cheer for. Uh, so I get why, you know, when when I see the lunacy of fans, you know, for, for hockey, their hockey team, mm-hmm. I get it only because I kind of feel that way about the Red Sox. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it, it was really cool, really fun. Yeah, well, great job, Red Sox. Awesome. Everyone's happy for you, so. Actually, no one is happy for you, Boston. You know, well, like I said on Twitter this week, I, I'm conflicted about David Price. I thought he was a great dude in Toronto and in Tampa and in Detroit and then kind of pissed me off with the whole Dennis Eckersley thing, and I didn't like him, and he was complaining all the time, but yet now he wins two key playoff games, so he gets some redemption. On I'm, I'm confused about David Price. I don't know how to feel about well, him. The other, the other thing about Price that I find interesting is that his teammates seem to really like him. Yeah. Unless I'm missing something. Right. They speak of him, you know, in really great ways. And I'm like, well, I don't really know what happened with Eckersley. I don't like it. You know, I don't like yeah. that there's any reason to make a big scene. If you've got a problem with him, go go yeah. tell him. Now, he was defending uh, Eduardo Rodriguez because um, Eckersley had criticized him. Yeah. But still, like if you're – I don't know. It, that seems like a bit of a grandstand play to me. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, so whatever I think, as long as the guys that are around him all the time respect and like him, then that's probably good enough for me. I'm never going for a beer with him. Yeah. I'm not going for dinner with him. I don't care. I just want him to throw that bloody change up for a strike. <laughs> True. Um, hey, uh, let's move on a little bit. Happy Halloween to you. What's your best – win a game, throw a Halloween party the next night or the night of the game, and everyone gets hammered story of the NHL days? Well, every first of all, I hate Halloween. <laughs> Can't wow, stand. okay. It right. is, it, next to St. Patrick's Day, it's the stupidest thing. <laughs> like, do you need an official day to drink? Uh, yeah, no, I, right. I you get know, your so point St. there. St. Patrick's but, Day to me, like, that's like, 
I get it. Everybody gets to get out and have 78 beers and, you know, the, you know, the Irish say, yeah, St. Patrick's Day is amateur hour. <laughs> and, uh, but I, like, I, I don't know. I never get into, and I hate dressing up. I can't stand it. I don't know why. I've always hated it. The Grinch, on, went to the a, Grinch is online four for you, Ray. <laughs> well, if, if, if Cammie suggested let's go to a Halloween party, I'd get into the thing and go, but I wouldn't like it. <laughs> but as far as um, one year, this is my favorite Halloween party memory yeah. sort of thing. Was We had uh, our team in Hartford was really a close team because everybody was about the same age. We were all kind of at the boat, the same you know, stage of life and stuff. And so a lot of guys lived in this uh, townhouse development. And so we had rented the... Um, uh, this clubhouse part, and that's where the party was. And my recollection is, we got there at seven o'clock, and by eight thirty, it was an absolute <laughs> shit show. <laughs> like, I, you know how you don't even really have a high expectation for anything, right? And it just kind of rolls on, and all of a sudden, you're like, "Oh my god, this is crazy!" Yeah, you're like, "I just wanted a couple of beers with a buddy," and next thing you know, it's it's a rage. This was right, right. this was. I mean, and it was just us. So there's like, you know, 22 or three guys and 22 or three or 30 women or whatever. (laughs) And it it was just, but I mean, there were some buddies there too, but it was just like, it was totally like we were playing drinking games with cards and guys had like, for whatever reason, guys had like wild costumes. Uh, (laughs) One of the guys was on roller skates. I remember this. And he was in a in a trench coat. So every time every time he opened the trench coat, you can imagine what flew out of there. Yeah. And but it was it was about it was about four feet long. And so his girlfriend, who was on roller skates too, would drag him around by this uh, hose. This, basically. This, this, this prop. This prop. Oh, it was. Oh. And so like the first time he opened his coat up, man, like the room just exploded. <laughs> It was so good. And so it was nothing, <clears throat> sorry, it was nothing like, you know, nobody was, you know, breaking things or anything, but yeah. it just, it escalated so fast into, oh my God, this is like, we we're playing a card game and like the card game was something stupid. Like if, you know, if you got a heart and the card in front of you was a club, you had to guzzle your drink. Like something Yeah, stupid, yeah something like, where like, everyone was, was just drinking, right? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even really a card game, right? It was, it was no game to it. And then, so anyways, it was, you know, we had a great time and we, you know, the next day we had to go back and clean it up. And, you know, when you walk back into the scene of a party the next day, it's like, oh, man, it's, it smells like beer. There's bottles everywhere. So It looked like... It looked like a train wreck, but we had to practice, too. Well, I was going to ask you, was there practice the next day? Yeah, there always is. You <laughs> never get a day off after a Halloween party. <laughs> and everybody knows it's coming, and it's a rotten 60 minutes, but you got to do it. Yep. And you, you get out of there, and you feel, I don't know, marginally better. Right. But Sweated something out. You know, yeah. yeah, but it was, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the one I always remember. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Um, all right, let's let's uh, let's tackle some topics. We'll take some questions from people on Twitter. We got the, the Ray Ferraro game of the day as well. Uh, so Austin Matthews, he's out for a month at least. Shoulder issue. 
And where are the goals? Where have the goals gone for the Leafs right now? Uh, I watched the game. Uh, it was uh, Monday night against Calgary. Just nothing was Calgary. going on. Um, just the third period. They had one shot halfway through the period. Um, I, I mean, I, I was I was okay with Austin getting hurt in the sense that Tavares can step up and Kadri can step up and everything's good. But, yeah, a little disjointed the Leafs are. I thought they were lucky to take those two games in Winnipeg a little bit. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, after those uh, first two weeks of the season when it looked like they were going to score a million goals, you know, all of a sudden everybody gets their lineups in order and, you know, it's impossible to be that successful all the time because mm-hmm. you just can't be because the other players in the league are good too. You know, the power play wasn't going to work at 50%. And all of a sudden you're, you know, you've hit a bit of a skid. So while that was probably an outlier that they were scoring so much, yeah. not scoring at all is probably an outlier <laughs> yep. too. But this is where Matthew's injury really impacts Toronto, as as well as being one of the best players in the league. This is where it really impacts them. Those top two lines for the Leafs, they better score because their bottom two lines are never going to score. Mm-hmm. Like, you've got um, Janssen, Andreas Janssen, who's got six shots in seven in seven games. His centerman is uh, Par Lindholm, yep. who's got one goal. And Connor Brown's on the right. He's got one goal. And if you remember the goal, it was an empty netter that was going into the net that he raced in and pushed in the net. That's, in Dallas right. Anyway. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. That's then you get it, yeah. to the fourth line and you got Ennis, who's got one goal. Mm-hmm. Freddie Goche will never score. <laughs> and you have Josh Levo, who's got, I think, two goals. Like, who is going to score from that group? So when I, when I look at it, Patrick Marlowe has to wake up. He's got one point in three weeks. Yeah. And I would be concerned that, oh, this is the year that, you know, things kind of go wonky. Right. Right. You know, he's 39 years old. The wheels fall off, right? The wheels fall off for everybody. And they fall off fast. Yeah. But maybe not, but Mm -hmm. he hasn't even been remotely dangerous in the last three weeks. Mm -hmm. Then you've got Tavares and you've got Hyman who doesn't have a goal yet this year. I mean, I, I love the way he plays. But he doesn't have a goal. You've got Marner, who's going to have to be the catalyst for the, the whole deal. Kasperi Kapanen is going to settle down into reality here a little bit. I mean, he was scoring every game. That's not going to happen yep. for him, right? And so, you know, you're like, oh, Kadri's got a goal in three straight games. Yep. And, you know, looks to have shaken out of his early season doldrums. Um, but the guy for me, you, you know, Marlowe won, but two is Jake Gardner. Um, I think Gardner really has to get involved and start to drive a little bit more of the offense because I don't know where all the goals will come from. And it makes you forget that two of their top six are missing. You know, it's not just Matthew. Mm -hmm. It's still William Nylander. And eventually the Nylander thing comes up and bites you in the ass. And right now they they got a big dog biting their ass right now because they could use him. And before people think, Steve, that Matthew's injury really puts the ball in Nylander's corner to get a deal done, it doesn't. Yeah, you can't fold. You can't just all of a sudden throw money well, because at him. The, <laughs> no, because the, the, it's not about now. The, the yeah. problem they have is it's about the long-term yeah. implication of this contract. And so they really have to try and figure out a way to get this deal done 
whether Matthews is there or not, because at the end of the year, they got to sign Matthews and they got to sign Marner and they have to be prepared that somebody might drop a hellacious offer sheet on them. Yep. Which could happen for one of those two players. It could happen. We, we got, like, we got 30, do, 30 do days they, left in this thing. 30 days, one way or another. Yeah. And like, just think, think, you know, we'll think ahead to the summer. Like, do you think Lou Lamarillo would think about Mitch Marner? I do. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I do. Yeah, he knows. He knows and, the player. He knows that contracts are for the team and everything. Right. Yeah. And what if what if Arizona drops a twenty percent offer, uh, like the max to the cap mm-hmm. on Matthews? I mean, I don't know if they have enough money to do that. Yeah, I don't but, know either. Right. But yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it. So the it's funny, like the 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 fortunes of. The team and the open window and everything, it's shifted very quickly. It, and it, we're just a month it, into the season. Yeah, it really has, hasn't it? I was going to just say... It feels different. Yeah, I was going to say, like, how how quick these things turn, because we're going to talk about a couple teams here that are doing well, and we just talked about Arizona, and, I mean, they were just a garbage on garbage fire for first five games and how quick right. it does turn and 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 one injury and everybody gets knocked up in a lineup and all of a sudden you're looking at the Leafs and you're like, hmm... Yeah, what's going on? Yeah, here? what yeah. you what you end up looking at is that guy's not a first line player. That yeah. guy's not a top pair defense. You know, like yeah. Yeah. when there's a few injuries and yeah. so they don't even look. At. They don't even look dangerous, Ray. Like no. they don't even like. Yeah, I mean, people people know that I'm a Leaf fan, so I could go on for 20 minutes about them. But yeah, yeah, but I won't let you. Good point. They just don't even look. Yeah, remotely dangerous, really. And you're just like, oh boy. So and so, you know, they've they've got to find a way to be mm-hmm. you know, a, a little a little better, um, a little more committed. Um, you know, they're they can't think that. And I, and this has probably been a, a pretty good lesson for them or reminder that yep. your talent can only dance you so far. Yep. Like you still you still got to have your work boots with you. And, um, so, which of course is one of Babcock's favorite things. <laughs> so. He'll yep. be able to really drill his message home. And, and you know, so they play Dallas tomorrow. Yep. This tomorrow would be Thursday. And, um, you know, Dallas is coming off their first road win of the season. And if you're, you know, I always believed this. When, when I would play a team or we would go play a team and the team was playing really poorly mm-hmm. that we were going to go play, I always worried about that game because you're like, they can't lose all the time. Right, right. They're going to play well eventually. So I would be, tomorrow, if I were on Toronto, if I were playing for the Leafs, I would be worried that Ben and Sagan haven't scored in seven games each. Yeah. That would concern me because they're not going to go zero for the season. They're going to score Mm -hmm. eventually, and you just don't want it to be against you. Uh, No, absolutely. How about now they lost last night, um, so it didn't work out perfect timing as far as when we're recording, but – how about the Pittsburgh Penguins just ripping through the West and showing everybody, hey, guys, remember us? Remember us? Well, yeah, it, it started, though. It started in Toronto because where, they, where they, they came into that road trip, they were playing very poorly, and their coach, Mike Sullivan, was not very happy with them. said, you know, look, we're just out there trying to score. We're not trying to win. He goes, mm-hmm. it doesn't work that way. So they go into Toronto, and they shut out the Leafs. Yep. And then they go to where'd they go next? Calgary. Yep. And they throw a nine spot up there. 
And then they, you know, and Crosby gets on the board. No, I think it was Edmonton. They go Edmonton to, first. Oh, yeah. The yeah, Edmonton, Edmonton OT winner. Just, right? Yeah. yeah Ed, but Edmonton was just an amazingly fun game. Yep. And they win that. They, you know, they just clobber Calgary. <laughs> and then they go to Vancouver and, and snuff the life out of, out of yeah. Vancouver. Yep. And so they go back home and, you know, I, I'm amazed with all the information we have and all the teams have this sports science stuff. Mm-hmm. Why do teams suck so bad when they come back after a long road first trip? game after a road trip? Yeah, it's yep. like it's like this corny saying, except it is a thing. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, you don't tell me. And you they, play, they, you played the they game. They crapped the bed. Yep. Yeah, they crapped yep. the bed against the Islanders and right. the Islanders. You know who have now won four in a row. Right. Um, they're you know they win six three and. Um, you know, not a good night for Pittsburgh. Um, you know, a lot going on in that city right now mm-hmm. with the with the terrible tragedy and the Penguins that were um, you know quick to support yep. as as I think you know most any organization would be. But they did a really nice job, and you know, just probably uh, probably a lot of factors. But I'm telling you, I'd love to bottle the uh, the solution to how you not how you don't suck after a mm-hmm. road trip because. I think I think you'd be a big winner. That'd be your ticket into NHL management, right there, right? That, that, that would be it. It would, it would be my ticket in and my ticket out. <laughs> I'd sell it and then I'd right, be out. Right. Uh, what when when it's nine-one and you're the team that's scoring the nine or letting the nine in? You you've been on both sides. What's it like? Well, when you're on the on the good side of it, it's, you can't wait to get up there again. Okay, so you're just. Again. But are, is there any point where you're like, let's let up, or let's just Mm-mm. you just you're just hey, I want to score no again. Way. Yeah, no, but right. you know, what ends up happening is the edge comes off the game, mm-hmm. and everything just kind of flattens out. Okay, at yeah. a certain point, you yeah. know, it just kind of flattens out. But there's nobody saying, hey, let's feel sorry for these guys and not score anymore. You know, yeah. that doesn't happen. It's way more fun being on that bench than the other one. Because <laughs> when you're on the other one, you look up at the clock and yeah. there's like 12 minutes left in the period. And then there's a flurry of play around your net and eventually they get another one. And you look up and there's 10 minutes left. Right, and you're like, right. oh my God, yeah. this is never going to end. And you basically on that night, it's self-survival. You're trying to, when it gets to like 6 nothing, you're right. like, is Man, there... I just I just want to survive this. So, like my thought was, I'm going to keep working because there are going to be guys that quit. Yeah, and I'm not going to be one of them. And the coaches now they're not trying to win. Yep. they're trying to look to see sure. who's got some fight in them. And I got that advice as a young player, and uh, it always kind of stuck with me. Uh, are there any heroes uh, in those blowouts? Come on. Come on, let's get one. Oh, on. yeah, of course there is, yeah. Come on, guys, let's break the shutout. Nah, shut up. Break the shutout. That'd be great, but let's yeah. just end the game. Yeah, let's not get hurt and get out of here, right? Basically. Yeah, let's just end the game. Um, well, then again, too, back in your day, 9-1 games turned into a clown show sometimes yeah, as, they, as well. Well, right. okay, but again, if they got too bad, there was no clown show because – Okay, so, the so there was a point. Like, yeah, there was a point. Yeah, they're like, let's just, everybody, let's just get the hell out of here. <laughs> There's a tipping point around a six, five goal lead or six goal lead. At some point, you're telling us. There's a tipping yeah, point. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the exact <laughs> right, number was, but right. there was a time when, you know, the whole thing was just a, yeah. 
Yeah, you know, it was a farce. Right. Let's just get out of here. I mean, I was watch. I, I was watching. I watched the the basically the whole the whole Calgary game, and I, I mean, the Flames were still trying to me, and it just was not happening. It just they, nobody looked to me like they quit or whatever. But it just but oh, you know smokes. what? There are certain days that are, you know, from the time the puck hits the ice first, mm-hmm. it's just it's a crappy day. Yeah. Now I would say for Ottawa last night, the game I did. It was crappy for them from the morning skate. Mark Stone got hit with a shot in the first drill, and it hurt him. And, you know, like he yelled and like he was in pain and sat out a little bit of the practice. Like from that point, it seemed like nothing went right. Yeah, yeah, really, right? Let's just get on that. Like it was just one of those days, and you're like, whether we're good, bad, or otherwise, Mm -hmm. God, I can hardly wait till this is over. (laughs) Uh, Edmonton Oilers. 6-3-1, 6-3-1, or 6-4-1 on the season, 6-3-1 their last 10. The Oilers are good? Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't, no, I don't, I don't know. I think they're, I, I think they're what was projected for them, certainly what I projected for them, which was pretty good with some serious holes. There's going to be some time when they're really, you know, really able to score a lot of goals. There's going to be a lot of times when they kind of struggle a little bit. You know, they get a Minnesota team that's not very good on the road that played the night before mm-hmm. in Vancouver and got beat 5-2 yeah. by the Canucks. Edmonton gets them on the second of back-to-back games and loses. Yeah. Like, that's, that, if, if the Oilers are good, right. that shouldn't happen. And so they gave up three power play goals. Their power play was 0-5, and they lose. And so I think they got a long way to go. There's certainly... Um, a lot of things that feel unsettled around their team, like you know, there's, you know, they they don't really have a handle on Jesse Puljujarvi yet, the number four pick a couple of years ago. He just got scratched for four games. I think he's going to play the next one. Yep. Um, you know, they're they're inexperienced on their right wing. Their defense is just okay. Um, I I had them in like the seven to ten or eleven group. Yeah, and that's kind of where they are, right? Yeah. Yep. And so you know. I, Having a good streak for 10 days doesn't change everything that you are. As far as Pooey Arvey goes, um, you've always been a guy on this show that's just said, hey, you know, playing in the American League, there's nothing wrong with that and and biding your time and coming up when you're 100% ready. You've said that over and over on this show. Um, But when does this start getting a little worrisome for this guy? And and even a, a player like Sam Bennett, who, you know, hasn't played in the minors at all or anything else, but people are waiting and waiting for Sam Bennett to come up. And at some point, you just got to be like, this is what he is. He's an NHL player, uh, but he's not going to match his projections. And and with Puyarvi, when how much longer before you kind of go, okay, well, he's just you, not going to make it happen? Really, do you think the clock's really ticking on a 20-year-old? I don't know. Like that's, don't, yeah. that, no, well, if they are, then they're idiots. <laughs> okay, perfect. Like, seriously, yep. because he's 20. Like, if it's 22 and 23, that's a different story. Okay. But what I would say, the two players you brought up, I would say both teams have done them no favors. Mm-hmm. Both teams. Both Bennett and Puyi should not have been in the NHL when they first started. What I would do with Puyi right now is I would send him to the American League and I would tell him, bring all your stuff with you. <laughs> you're going to go down and you're going to play the season. Yeah, you're not and coming up. You're not coming up. Now, you might call him up later on, Mm -hmm. but I don't want him thinking that if he has five goals in seven games, oh, I must be getting called up. Then he gets disappointed and starts 
floating around. Mm-hmm. Just tell them, look, go down there. That's your team. We think you're a great prospect, terrific prospect. But we need you to have the puck on your stick. We need you to play. We need you to be on the power play. We want you to learn to kill penalties. We want you to have such a rounded game in the American League that when you come to the NHL and you, you know, you're not going to be able to do all those things because nobody can, that you've almost outgrown the American League and you'll find your, you'll find your level here. Now, Sam Bennett, he was a scorer and an agitator in junior. A lot of people compared him to Doug Gilmore, maybe because he played up there. But mm-hmm. anyway, I don't know what he is. Is he a fourth-line guy? Is he supposed to produce some offense? I don't even really know. Yep. And so that means to me that Calgary hasn't done him any favors. Right. That, right. that he should have been in a position to have the puck on his sick, stick, to produce some offense, to learn to make plays at the pro level, because when you're playing infrequently, six, seven, eight, nine minutes a night, you know, you're, yeah. you're basically your whole goal is not to get scored on. Ottawa did it with Curtis Lazar. Now, Curtis is in the American League now, but he's not a scorer nor a checker. Yeah. He's just, he's just some general managers have a, have a phrase and they'll talk about a player and they'll say, he's just a guy. And, and what they mean, of course, is he's just a guy in our lineup. There's no really defined thing that he does. Mm-hmm. It's almost the worst spot and, to be in, right? Like, it is. Yeah. It is the worst yep. spot. Yep. Because you're the one that's interchangeable. Mm-hmm. You can't really make enough of a mark to solidify your spot. And so those would be three examples just off the top of my head. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting to see what they – but they can't keep sitting him out, right? I mean, you said he's going to play. You think he's going to play next game. They're coming off a loss. Yeah. They probably will put him well, in. But not but, playing. Not playing is useless. Yeah. How is he getting any better? Right. You know, and, and here's the thing. It's, it's really tough to to say, oh, you know, if I'm the coach, to say, yeah, I know he's going to make some mistakes, but I'm going to put him out there anyway. It's The NHL is a win or the coach gets fired league. Mm-hmm. If, if he's learning the game, get him out of sight, get him to the American League, which is why you're playing, paying your coach. Now, the American League team, which is run as its own separate business in a way, they want to win too. Yeah. But there is there's way more acceptance of a kid learning at that level than there is where there's none at the NHL level. Yeah, teams are really trying to integrate their systems and everything with their AHL team. So it's not more so than when when you know, years ago when it was. Well, just, yeah, you know. years. Well, not even that many years ago, Steve. Some some American League teams played completely different than the NHL team, which made zero sense. Yeah. Like zero. <laughs> it really did. Looking back hey, on it, let's, you're like, call, yeah. let's call up a let's call up a guy who doesn't play our system, right? And uh, and we need you to help out tonight. Yeah, you got oh, one practice, okay. and here's what we need you to do. And good luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bad bad um, idea. California teams right now, the Ducks and the Kings, uh, struggling. Anaheim has lost six in a row. Uh, Jonathan Quick for the Kings is out indefinitely, and uh, things are not going well for either of those teams right now. So we'll start with Anaheim yep. um, getting outshot by an average of 14 shots a game. Poor John Gibson yep. and Ryan Miller last night. I mean, but Gibson in particular, they're getting pounded. Now they do have, you know, um, they've got some significant injury. Of course, Corey Perry's yep. not there. Uh, Andre Kasha, who is a seventh round draft pick that has really come into his own. He's not there. Uh, they had at one point five forwards out of the lineup. They're getting a little more healthy. But they're, they're halfway between being that old physical, tough Ducks team yeah. and the way that you have to play. Yep. And 
the middle ground is nowhere to be. And so they're, I think they've got a long year in front of them. L.A. is, they're in trouble. <laughs> um, without, without quick, now, he had surgery on his meniscus. So there's, there's two ways you can do the surgery. So your meniscus basically is the shock absorber between the bones in your knee. Mm-hmm. I know way too much about this because I don't have much of one left in my left yeah. knee. Because there's a couple of ways you can fix it. Now, they can stitch it because if you tear it, you got to get it fixed. So if they stitch it, it's like a three-month recovery, three to four months, because it's a very small um, piece of yeah. cartilage, and it's very small, and it's got, and you got to be really careful with it because you can re-tear it while you're rehabbing very easily. Mm-hmm. So that's three to four months. Or they can cut off the clip, the the part that's torn, yep. and you can play in a few weeks. The problem is it never grows back. Yeah, and so and eventually you can't, yeah. you can't regenerate you bones smash against each other and that's a bad thing to do and then you end up when you're 54 like me you end up with a knee that's pretty wonky right and so but when you're playing you are always looking at the quickest way back in but when i look at the kings you know kopitar and brown had amazing years last year i mean brown was tough for them brown was a buyout candidate Two years ago. Well, except, you yeah, know, I, well, he wasn't going to get bought out, but I know what you're saying. No, you know what I mean? Was, like, they were like, what can we do with this contract? What can we do with this guy? Uh, so yeah. they, they had such big point increases yeah. last year. It would be really difficult for them to, uh, to do that again. Um, Jeff Carter's, you know, been slowed somewhat by injuries, had some significant injury over the last few years. Um, you know, Tanner Pearson seems to have lost the offensive side of his game. Uh, you've got Toffoli. On the blue line, you've got Doughty, Alec Martinez. I, I think there's a chance they move Martinez. I think they would probably be able to do quite well in a return for him. Now, without Quick, I mean, are you even a playoff team? Well, they just signed Ilya Kovalchuk. Yeah. Yep. You know, so they're in a really funny spot. I don't envy them at all. I don't. I don't think it's going to be a very good year for them. Yeah, but by signing Colby, they indicated, hey, we're going to keep this role going. You know that we had last year and, and sort of well, this resurgence. Yeah, I you think know? what they yeah. did, what the signal is, is we got Kopitar, we got Brown, we got Doughty, we got Carter, we got Quick. We can't just not try to win. Mm-hmm. And the problem is that leads you into a place where Detroit is. Right. 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 Yeah. We're just you, you right. Know, be, yeah. Because how was how was Detroit going to lose? They had Datsuk and Zetterberg and Lidstrom and Cronwall. Like they couldn't lose yep. enough to be bad. Yeah, and so they kept trying to bring guys in to extend the run, knowing eventually you run a hundred yard dash and a fifty yard gym. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's where they that's where they are. You're absolutely right. Yeah, Detroit just refused to kind of embrace it because, like you said, they still had good guys, still had good vets. Well, it's not know? that they, yeah. but they know it. They know it's coming. Like, right, right. Ken, Ken Holland <laughs> knew it was coming. Yeah. But what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Like you, you can say, "Well, don't trade away any draft picks." Well, then you've got these amazing players that are still not going to let your team be bad enough to miss the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack, so they know it's coming. But what do you yeah, do? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And especially, you're not moving a lot of these guys. You're not moving Fanuf. You know, you're not moving Kopitar. You're no. not moving Brown. You're not. You're not moving these guys. So, no. um, well, I mean. Yeah, the guys you could move, you won't. Right. <laughs> and the guys you want to move, you can't. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jack Campbell is a cool story, though. Uh, you know, drafted 
fairly high by Dallas years ago. Number 10. Yeah. Number 10 was, was he 10? Okay. And then uh, just buried in the minors, ECHL, I think, at one point. And um, mm-hmm. I don't know, you just track these guys over the years. And, hey, Jack Campbell's back. And I saw him play a preseason game against the Knights last year. And I'm like, oh, hey, look at Jack Campbell's. like, And then uh, and now he's going to carry the load. And you're just one of those guys you're like, oh, yeah. That's cool. Took him a long time. Well, I, I hope he can do it. Um, yep. I love the fact that he's, you know, had a stick to itiveness for mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned it's not easy, and certainly not easy as a first round pick to go to the East Coast League, and you know, your your pride is badly wounded, I suspect. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's um, he's fought his way back, and now you know, with Jonathan Quick out, you know, the Kings goaltending is Jack Campbell and Peter Budai. Mm-hmm. You know, again, that's where I'm yep. like, this, this division <laughs> is wide open. That Pacific division is wide open. If Vegas yeah. can get things together, and I, you know, without Stastny, I don't know how much together they're going to get. Um, you know, they need to get him back in the lineup. Maybe that springs Pacioretty a little bit. Uh, they'll get Nate Schmidt back in the next yeah. half dozen or seven or eight games, seven something like eight. that, yeah. whatever. You know, when the suspension's over. And, yep. um, but the thing is sitting wide open for them. Yeah, it, it, it really is. It's uh, Well, you expect San Jose to start gathering some steam here, but maybe not. Yeah, but uh, you're right. It's a crazy division. You know, Carlson's played poorly since he's yeah. been out there. Yeah, he hasn't. He, and so I saw an interview with him. I, I thought the Sharks were going to be good. Yeah. But it, they look like they're kind of floundering around outside of – uh, Timo Meyer and uh, Brent Burns, who have nine game point streak. Yeah, um, they're they're kind of yeah. kind of struggling to find their way. Uh, Eli- Elias Pettersson is back, and holy yeah. shit, right? He's so he's amazing, right? Like he's just he's picked up right where he left off before he got thrown down on the uh, on the ice. And uh, boy, is he he might be a guy, Ray, that I'm I'm. I find teams that I want to watch for players, for excitement. I think I might have to add – I can't believe I'm saying this, but I might have to add Vancouver to my list of I'm going to stop yeah, and watch because, this. Because you, because you can't just add Pedersen. You've got to add the whole team. Yeah. Um, right. That's the unfortunate part right, right, right. now. But um, holy Because they're, you know, they're just you know, growing their team. But this kid is smart and slick and confident, and he's got a great shot. Um, you know, like he, he was talking in an interview today and – said you know i uh um you know forsberg was a hero of mine and uh matt sundin but i want to be my own player mm-hmm. but you know like mm-hmm. he's he's just got a way about him he's really sure um i think he's a he's a fantastic player vancouver has not had a player this exciting since pavel Bure. yeah and yeah, he, uh he is a he is an awesome player and if you haven't seen him play um Try and find a way to watch him. Uh, he's got seven goals in his first seven games. Uh, he had two the other night against Minnesota. He's uh, and his misses. He's a terrific. His player. misses are exciting. It's his. Yeah, yeah. You know. Uh, yeah, it's great. It's it's really really great to see. Uh, all right. Okay. So something we wanted to get in last week. Uh, by the way, lots of uh, lots of tweets and and texts and, and things like that about the Alan Walsh uh, guest appearance last week. People. Yeah, Alan was awesome. Yeah. I uh, and uh, we'll get him back later in the year. Um, for sure, but he is. Uh, that was really interesting. It was. It was really. So one of the things I want to talk about to you, to you about was the UFAs that are coming out at the end of this year. Usually these lists are they're, they're they're cultivated and they end up 
you know, all the guys are gone. Uh, but everybody signed, and, and July 1 is not that exciting. But I wanted to, while we have it open and we have some guys to talk about, I wanted to get your opinion on things and, and talk to you about what you think is going to happen. So here's just a few guys that uh, that are up UFAs this year. Uh, obviously, Eric Carlson. Um, what do you think happens with him? Does he make it, or does San Jose uh, ink him in well, February? Well, if, if he doesn't start to be productive, I mean, San Jose is not going to open the check, checkbook up for seven years. Mm-hmm. Right. Or eight years, rather, but they can't sign him till after January. Yep. Um, but I, I don't, you know, I think there would be for San Jose, you know, if they're, you know, if the thought is, okay, we got to sign him to an eight year, $100 million deal, I'd be really nervous if I were them. Yeah. And so, you know, as far as where he would sign, I don't really know, but I would be, you know, at this point, I would be it would be no for me and I love Carlson's yes. game when it's when it's really good but it would be no for me on 8 years and you know whatever 80 million dollars if that's what 88 million no yeah. not for me um I mean I just I read an article with him the other day he said he's still adjusting to the system to the to the new team and everything else and 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 so you know he acted like he was still in a very positive mood I mean, in my mind, it's just a matter of time before he gets back. But maybe, maybe, I mean, maybe he doesn't come all the way to where well, he was. Maybe, you know? maybe that ankle yeah. will not allow him to be that. Yep. And he wouldn't be the first athlete that's not able right. to overcome a, you know, a pretty terrible injury. Uh, Wayne Simmons is a UFA. Uh, your buddy Ron Hextall, GM of the Flyers. What, what is, happens with Wayne Simmons? This is an interesting one because, uh, you know, uh, a really, uh, really productive power forward um who's you know if he were younger you would say he's built to be a power forward in today's game because he's not super huge but he's tough he can you know can make a play he can score in a power play um his age and injury will i think will scare some teams off Mm -hmm. but um i i don't i mean it doesn't feel to me like philly would re-sign him um but you know it's so hard right now. There's just so many games left in the season yep, yep. to see what happens. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets, Panarin, goalie Bob, they're both gone. Screwed. They're screwed. <laughs> they're screwed. Uh, I feel badly for them because yeah. um, you know they they make the playoffs last year. And but if I'm if I'm Columbus and I get near that deadline, uh, I'm looking at my team. Do I have a chance? Mm-hmm. Uh, to to win a round or two, and if the answer is no, then I got to move them both. Yep, absolutely. You got to get something for them. You just cannot. I, I don't think you can let them both walk. Um, I think if you went to trade both, you'd get a bigger bounty for Panarin yep. than you would for for Bobrovsky. Um, but if they're not going to sign, um, you know, yep. it would be tough to to tell your fans again. Hey, look, I know we're. You know, we say we got a good team here, but we got to go backwards again. That would be tough. And what about the guys in the room too? Right? You're just like, hey guys, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're shipping these dudes out. I mean, if it's a business, everybody gets it. But still, you're just like, well, yeah, but they're, we're, we're punting. But the guys, they they can't be pissed at, at their team. I mean, the team is yeah. willing to make a, make them a big offer. Yep. They just said, don't bother. Yeah, yeah. So if they're going to be angry at anybody. Right. You got to be angry at the uh, at the players. Did you guys? In, guys understand it, it, yeah in your era uh it wasn't wasn't thought it wasn't so much hype there wasn't so much media stuff about who's coming up and it was almost like no. i feel like back in the day it was like oh hey this guy's a ufa or whatever like i just feel yeah, like but nobody signed anyway right 
nobody signed contracts like that. And yeah. It rarely was a earth shattering move at, yeah. know, back when I started for sure. And yeah, but um, yeah. you know, so I, I would say that the, this phenomenon of the the interest in the UFAs is, you know, certainly it's you know, with the explosion of different outlets of media, right. you know, it can be talked about in a hundred different places. Um, free agencies become a bigger deal than it used to be. Um, but I would, if I'm teams, I'd be cautious, man. I, you know, yeah. rarely do you see teams, you know, strike out and make these huge, enormous signings and that, you know, that flips their team right away. Yeah. It, yeah. it doesn't, you know, nope. it's still the old tried and true. You need, you need two thirds of the team, or you know, maybe a little less, to be from your from your own system if you're going to be any good. Yeah, I mean, look at the Wild with their splash years ago. What has that really done? Huge deals for Suter and Parisi, and what has that really gotten them? They're a good team. They've been it a added, good team. It added twenty million dollars to their payroll, <laughs> and it assured that they would never be in the bottom of the league. Yeah. Yeah, they're just you're just like okay, we got these two guys, and it is what it you know we're just going to be a good team, but we're never going to be a great team. Uh, it hasn't put them over the no. over the top like they had hoped. Nope. Uh, Matthew Shane, Mark Stone, uh, what do you think happens there? Are they both gone? Huh. Stone, I that's really yeah. Tough. I read something about Mark Stone. Uh, read something maybe Pierre LeBron said that he thinks Mark Stone will stay. Somebody like that. Well, the, the problem is you know like. You talk to Duchesne, which I did yesterday, and you talk to Mark Stone, and they're going to tell you how happy they are, and they like it, and they like the responsibility. And But in my mind, if you're this close to free agency, why wouldn't you just run it out? Especially when in Ottawa, they're in the very beginning of a rebuild. Mm-hmm. So let's say Ottawa does everything right with their drafting and development. Oh, by the way, they don't have a first-round pick this year. Right. So, but let's say they do everything right. How quickly can this collection of players become a playoff team? Four years? So let's say it's four years, and Mark Stone and or Duchesne sign an eight-year contract. You're halfway through before you even play another playoff game. When you're both the types of players that very good teams would be very interested in. Mm -hmm. So in, in my mind... Um, and I was always a, a very conservative person. Um, I I don't know what I would do, um, you know, if I put myself in their shoes and they say they offered me, uh, you know, because they're going to Ottawa's going to have to overpay to get those guys to stay, more than likely. But say somebody would have like it's hard to walk away from eighty million dollars or seventy million dollars, and say you know I want to go another couple of months, right? It's hard to do that. So I don't know. I, I have a. I mean, it's easy for me to say uh, they should run it out to free agency. Right, but, but the, <laughs> you never had those kind of money waving. Yeah, of I never had that that kind of right. you know issue to think about. Um, but I do. I don't see anything happening really quickly. Mm-hmm. They could be talking and get something done and surprise everybody. Yep. But if I were the player, I think I would want to see a little more evidence that we're going on the right track. Right, right. Um, Anders Lee and Eric Stahl, last couple of guys, vets and veteran guys. Anders Lee is actually, I mean, I don't know if it's the, the, the Tavares effect, but he's he's got some points the last few years. 
Yeah, but he's also got he's over a point a game this year, mm-hmm. and Tavares is wearing a different jersey. Yep. So this is this is a big year for Lee, um, and I, I would say a lot of it is just what you talk about. You know, they've named him the captain with the island. Um, will he produce without uh, John Tavares? Um, you know, is he going to be the winger that can play and be effective with Matt Barzell, or? Is he better with Josh Bailey, or is there some someone else that might work? Like you got to figure that out. He's not a play driver; mm-hmm. he's a play finisher. Pretty sure, yeah. And so I'm really interested uh, in what his year is going to look like because this, you know, it always is important going into your free agent year. But for Lee, it would be. I mean, you you verbalized what the concern would be: yep. is he a creation of playing on Tavares's wing, or is he a guy that's going to score anyway? Yep. Because he's a terrific guy, um, very popular. The team really leans on him a lot. They like him a lot. The new coach, Barry Trotz, likes him a lot. So that's all in his corner. But people want to see what the production is. Mm-hmm. Eric Stahl, on the other hand, here's the big problem for Stahl. If you're going to go commit to Eric Stahl, he's going to be 35. When you sign a 35-year-old player like the Leafs did with Patrick Marlowe, that money stays on the cap. Yep. You can't buy him out. And so if one day you wake up and you don't have any production, you're still on the cap. And so that would be, you know, Stahl, I would think, if he has another good year, mm-hmm. because he seemed to really revitalize his career yeah, in Minnesota. Absolutely. I would think he'd have a lot of teams that would say, hey, we'd be interested on a one- or two-year deal. Yep. But if he's looking for three or four, uh, I think he, I think you'd have to go to a bad team to get that type of term. Yeah, it's just crazy that that cap recapture penalty. I mean, Luongo, you know, it's gonna. Well, that's, but no, no, that's different, Steve. That's oh, I thought different. that was same thing. No, okay. no, no. The cap recapture, the old back diving contracts that are illegal. Uh, you can't sign them for that yeah, anymore. Right. Okay, so this is a this stipulation is if you sign your contract in your thirty five year old year. Yep. That contract stays on the books for the duration of the of the of the term of the contract. You can't buy out that player. You can send them down if you want, but yep. it's still staying on your cap. The back diving contracts, what the capture recapture or the recapture penalty was for the contracts that started out at eleven million dollars and finished at a dollar twenty five. If the player retires, there's a formula that the original team signing the contract gets hammered with it gets hammered yeah. with the cap hit. So if Roberto Luongo retires, Vancouver gets the yeah, recapture it's just, penalty. It's, it's insane. It's just so nutty to you me. Know. I thought the 35-plus over was also the same way where you are you are getting a penalty uh, that way. No. But, but it's the yeah, full, the penalty full is you can't yeah. buy out the contract. Penalty is the whole deal, the whole contract, whatever's, yeah. whatever's yeah. left. Yeah. Uh, our big news in the world of the NHL, they announced a partnership with MGM for gambling down here in the USA. And, uh, you know, MGM casinos will now get to use all the trademarks. And, you know, there's some player tracking data uh, stuff that will be unveiled, which I guess once the PA signs well, off on it. But, uh, well, yeah. see, that, but that's going to be a sticking point. Yep. Because who do you want to have your data? Uh, yeah, I, I really don't want the team to have my data. But, yeah, apparently it's coming. Yeah. Right. Well, but is it? Yeah, I don't because know. The team can, the team can say – they, oh, yeah, we're going to do all this player tracking stuff, and so we'll know how to take care of them better. Yeah. 
Uh, that's bullshit. That's not to take care of them better. It's to, you know, it, it's to know it's your knee, you're, you're slowing down, your knee's bad, whatever, all that yeah. stuff. Yep. Yeah. And yep. so yep. you can, I mean, it's pretty easy to see why the PA would have legitimate concerns about it. Um, I'm in favor of the betting stuff yeah. only yeah. because people bet anyway, right? Yep. People bet anyway. Yeah. Um, so you might as well get a portion of it. Now, I assume that's going to be hockey-related revenue. Yep, it is. So it's 50-50. Into, yeah, yep. so, so that goes into the big pot of revenue, and maybe that lowers down the escrow that the players have to pay, which is like this gross thing that they have to deal with. Mm-hmm. I mean, just think of this. If, if you go to your job, you go to your place of work, and the, the boss says, hey, yeah, because of the collective bargaining agreement we have, we didn't meet our revenue, so you owe me 11% of your salary. Yeah, yeah it's... That, that sucks. It, so it does. I think that would help. I also think it would be super fun if you could go and maybe the um, one of the prop bets is uh, Patrice Bergeron uh, will win between 15 and 20 face-offs tonight. Mm-hmm. And you're like, no, oh, that'd be fun. I'll put a couple of bucks on that. Yeah. Like you can, you can, yep. it's endless the possibilities for it except the I, I you never trust the the stats for hits and face-off wins and things like oh, that but see yeah. i don't think that see i don't think but but i don't think okay well face off maybe that's not a good example right well, but i got bergeron score in the second yeah period. yeah nobody's exactly. using those garbage nhl stats those things are yep those are garbage they're not <laughs> they're not even accurate one game we did a highlight pack where i think it was the least they turned the puck over a whole bunch of times in the uh-huh. first period. Yeah. We get the stat sheet. The stat sheet says three turnovers. We showed we showed five in the <laughs> in the uh, in the first period in a highlight pack. And somehow the New York Islanders lead the league in hits every single year. It's, a, it's every a, it's year. incredible. Yeah, right. like it's right. Yeah, that stuff I, is, um, I don't know. But the player tracking thing, I, I'm with you. I wouldn't be a fan of this if I was a PA and I would only allow it under, you know, if I get something big back, but I, uh, everything I read with Gary Bettman this week was like, "Yep, yeah, player tracking." So I assumed Ray that they've sort of talked about no, this. They haven't. But okay, because it's, otherwise, it's not been signed off on. Yeah, and so this is you know one of the things you you hear about Gary Bettman a lot is how smart he is, mm-hmm. what an excellent negotiator he is. Yeah. So he's put this out there like it's already done. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, yeah. I, honestly, just as a guy reading stuff, I figured they must have made some steps to have this player tracking thing, which has surprised me. Because, yeah, I wouldn't want it if I was PA. No way. No, they, they don't have it yet. Um, all right, so that'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Uh, anything else we touch on, or we want to move to the game of the day? You want to do your... I think we should go game of the day. I mean, I'm excited. I, I, okay. I got a good feeling about October 30th. Not a lot to choose from, Ray Ferraro, game of the day. Uh, well, I, had, I had one that wasn't a thrasher, one that wasn't very good. But uh, instead, I went with... Uh, October 31st, 1991, you are playing for the Islanders and uh, against the Blackhawks, and you uh, you lose the game. Steve Larmer scores with a minute uh, 14 left to win 4-3. So Larmer has a late goal, uh, sends you guys off in a, in a foul mood um, for Halloween. You have two assists, um, plus one on the night, six penalty minutes, Ray. Interfe- yeah, interference, holding, okay. cross-checking. Very angry, Ray. Well, interference, uh, probably out of position. Um, what was the second one? Holding, uh, holding, holding. Yeah. yeah. Well, definitely out of position. Yep. And, uh, cross checking. The third one, cross checking. I, I, I'm assuming that would have been around the front of the net. Right. But you never know. Uh, um, but, uh, Steve Larmer, really terrific player. 
Man, he was yeah. good. Him and Denny Savard were so good together. Um, so so hard to your, your assists, same guy scored, same guy got the other assist. You want to take a guess? 1991. I wouldn't have been with Hogan Flatley yet, I don't think. Um, who would have scored? So one guy got two goals? Yeah. Yeah, your, your line mate got two goals. Uh, have we... Okay. Uh, no, it was it was Benoit Hogue. It wasn't was. Hogue got yep, two. It was Hogue I, got I two. It was a little. It was a little. I thought that was a little early for me. And who was on? Was Slats uh, on the other side? No, it was Jeff Norton, defenseman. Uh, Norton. Yeah. yeah. Norton from Norton. Yeah, yeah. Norton. Um. So yeah, basically Norton passed it to you. You passed it to Hogue. That's or, pretty much how it happened. Norton passed it to me. I took a shot and hit the goalie, and he shot the rebound. <laughs> yeah, no, one of the two of them. Right, right, right. But, uh, yeah, 4-3 loss, uh, 16, uh, 14 seconds left. Like I said, Steve Larmer putting it in. So, uh, See, that's a good day. Yeah, no, it that's is. Good, I mean, I mean, we lost, but I'm saying, like, of the game of the day. Yeah. See, I had a good feeling about this. Six, you know? six penalty okay. minutes, too, like Angry Ray. Yeah. Yeah, maybe oh. I didn't get enough chocolate for Halloween. <laughs> right, right, right. The other game was ugly. It was a Thrasher's loss. You were it was minus something. It was it wasn't good. Oh, uh, <laughs> I mean, you can you can always pick those too. Yeah, those exactly. are entertaining too. Yeah. Well, I had one the other day that was not good. Yeah, you were minus minus three with and you, and you had two points too on a power play. Um, oh yeah. Hey, yeah. Uh, we would take that as a win. Yeah. Before we get to the Twitter questions, uh, I saw something on Twitter just come across before we started the pod. Kerry uh, Fraser had a good story about Ty Domi oh, yeah. and you. Yeah, we were wrestling around and, or you know, there was some kind yeah. of scrum going on, and um, I was playing for the Rangers, and um, you know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, I don't remember exactly what was being said, but mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure Ty at some point threatened to kill me, and I. I said, you know, because it was right around Halloween, and I said, hey, with a head like that, you, your head should be, or with a head the size of yours, it should be on a porch. <laughs> and he was not happy. And as Kerry wrote, uh, you know, the it said, took, you know, the linesman had to separate them. And as I tweeted back, I love them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a really good one. It made me laugh out loud. Your, your head should be on a porch. <laughs> Oh, well, you stuff. know, I mean, like, some, what am I going to say? I'm going to beat you up? No, I wasn't right, ever going right, to Right, so. right, Yeah, and, 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 and you got to improvise. Kerry Fraser said you were a very good talker or something in the, in the tweet. So Yeah, I well, <laughs> talk a lot, so right, eventually, right, right. right. I, I like, though, like, you're just, like, I mean, I guess you're like, what's he going to do? The linesmen are there. He's not going to beat me up, so I may as well just tell, call him a pumpkin well, head. No, but, I mean, at the time, you're, you know, it's not like I'm saying, oh, the linesmen are here. I'm. You know, I'm pissed off at him, and I'm trying right. to say something. And then, yeah. I mean, it's just kind of what I did. Every once in a while, though, you'd get caught with your mouth open and your hands down. Yeah. And somebody popped your right in the <laughs> snout, and that, that doesn't feel very good. Right. Uh, all right. Twitter questions, uh, at, as always, at Paul Pocky. Uh, send them through, and uh, we'll try to get the best ones uh, uh, answered by uh, Ray Ferraro here. All right. Uh, Nav097 says, how was Travis Green's personality as a teammate? As a coach in Vancouver, he seems to be a smartass to the media, which I enjoy hearing because some media ask lazy questions. And I do think he does it in jest. Was he like this as a player also? Um, oh, Greeny was a uh, – I mean, Greeny was a, is a, is a smartass for sure. Like, like as a teammate, he was a, right. uh, he was a really good guy. He, like he's – you know, he would – 
Oh, he would stir it up a little bit for sure. Mm -hmm. And so I I know he's sitting there and again, because I know him, I guess, but I'm, I'm watching the questions and it, you know, some of them I can tell he just doesn't have any, any time for them. Yeah. So, so you've, you've seen these questions. I haven't personally, but you've seen this stuff in Vancouver. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But it's like any press conference and in Vancouver, of course, it's pretty, um, you know, it's each press conference is, lengthy and there's lots of people there and I'm sure you get tired answering the same questions all the time. The one thing he doesn't do is he's not going to give anything away. Yeah. So he, he kind of like, you know, they'll say, uh, you know, so-and-so had a really good game tonight. Uh, Did you like his game? And he'll say, uh, this is how he answers. He'll go, yeah, yeah, he's, uh, he was good today. Like that's it. <laughs> he's Bill Belichick of, of NHL coaches. Well, yeah, not that bad. Right, right. No, not, he's not right. that bad. That right. would be tough to be worse but, you know, like that. Look, I'm in the media. I cover you know professional racing, dirt bike racing, and I also follow it. And I guess this is a little bit of a media podcast. I do. I, I listen to some questions from media guys, and I go, "What the hell kind of question is that? What What do you? Yeah. You know, like some of them are unbelievably dumb, and and I, I don't know if these guys just feel like. Hey, you need to listen to me. I'm in the media. Like I tell, if I was a coach, sometimes I just tell these guys to piss off, you know. But well, uh, yeah. one one of the things that does happen, of course, is that they, um, in a lot of cases, uh, the question that will really make a guy sour is that is one that's not it's not relevant, mm-hmm. or yeah. it's you can't even make sense of it. And so they're not look. They're not going to have much tolerance for that yeah and and i think in a lot of cases you see that yeah absolutely all right uh clark mcpherson says he hopes the hockey card segment comes back and we will at some point but in its absence i'd like to ask for ray's thoughts on peter bondra always enjoyed his game and think he's forgotten in an era of very strong wingers thanks fellas love the pod peter bondra oh yeah he man he could skate and um they had a line um, he always played a lot with Michael Pavanka mm-hmm. and then Dmitry Kristich as well, um, you know, which at the time, three euros on a line was, was quite different. But Peter could skate. He was strong. He could score. Very, very good player. Like, the, there were a lot of good players in Washington that kind of stayed under the radar because yeah. they could never really get to the next level. Yep. But, man, he was... Yeah, he you, was a very good goal. He's scorer. got great numbers uh, for his time period. Total number of goals scored, you know, while he was in the league. Like he's right up there. Like it was, yeah. Uh, yeah, I would, I would think Peter would be really close to being Hall of Fame consideration, but not quite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Adam Steinhaus says, Ray, if when you had a teammate that was soft and would milk injuries, what would you do to motivate them? And uh, the only reason I ask this question, because uh, I don't know if it really happens, but Jeff O'Neill, your, your buddy at TSN, has a good story about Radom Verbata uh, and the hurricane yeah, case. Nipple. Yeah. yeah. And I, so I, I, so I was thinking to myself, I, maybe this stuff really does happen. Maybe Ray really did get on someone. No, you know what? I, I never did. I mean, you quietly, you probably wouldn't be very happy with the guy. Um, but, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to go and – you know, tell some guy to suck it up and, you know, okay. hey, I don't think you're hurt. Like, that wouldn't – Would other people do it? That. But would other guys do it? Uh, not to my knowledge. No, no. Um, I mean, there would be some guys that, you know, you a guy would get banged up and you're like, oh, he's done for tonight. <laughs> like, you, you just <laughs> – Yeah. You know, it was just right. no, no right. question. He was done. Yeah, yeah. 
You're just like, all right. Like I, I picture Messier, you know, when you're, when you're at the Ranger time in that 95 season, him coming up to somebody and being like, you're playing. That's it. Well, maybe, maybe it's in the playoffs where you go up and you say, hey, look, we really need you. But yeah. I, I can't imagine right. too many instances where guys were like, hey, you know, you're a puss. Get back in the lineup. Right. You know, right. like. Okay. A, um. Dustin Williams said, how did you and I meet? We have, uh, and how did I convince you to do a podcast? Uh, we have a mutual friend up in Vancouver. That's how we met. Yeah, good dude, Jeff Williams. Yep. And um, we, uh, we met through Jeff, and somehow we suggested, hey, you guys should get together. Yeah. Well, I do a lot of podcasting in, in the motocross world, and, I, and yep. I do really well with it, and I enjoy doing them. And I always heard your radio hits and we'll obviously watched you on TV, and I'm just like, Every time you did a radio hit, either on uh, uh, 1050 or uh, what? What do you do in Vancouver? 640? What? What do you? Uh, no, 1040. 1040. In 1040. That's it. Um, and 1050 in in Toronto. Uh, when I listen to the podcast, I'm always like, it's only seven minutes or eight minutes. I, I want I want more Ray opinion on things. So that's how it worked for me. I'm yeah, I, I I mean it, it was pretty. It was a pretty easy connection uh, to Jeff, and then. I don't know. It didn't take us very long. To go, yeah, why don't we try it? We'll see yeah. if we like it. Right. And it's been fun. Yeah, I think I think people really appreciate your honesty and, and you're able to tell a good story. And, and this is just a longer format, you know, to breathe and and let more of your opinion out than a quick radio hit. So, um, All right, Lou Siffler says, Ray, besides Trail Memorial, what was your favorite minor hockey arena to play in and why? Oh, when I was a kid. Um probably the old rink in Penticton. Um, it was just, it, I loved the way it was built. It was, uh, um, it was built like an old barn, basically. Mm-hmm. Like the term barn, like, oh, it's a great old <laughs> right. barn. None of the arenas look like barns, but the old ones, you know, they have the barn shaped uh, like a half moon, if you will. Uh-huh. And that's and that's what the Memorial Arena in Penticton was built like. I, I loved playing in there. I thought that was a cool rink. It was a little smaller. Mm-hmm. seemed like the, you know, you know, it seemed like it was a faster game. I, I liked it. Uh, I haven't been there for 20 years, right? Maybe 30 years. But wasn't Brandon a pretty cool, unique arena? When you Or, or did, I, uh, did I go to another yeah, well, one or it's something? Been, it's, been, it's been, no, Brandon's been totally renovated. Um, okay. But, you know, back in the day, the, we'd go on the road. I got to tell you this, like about Brandon. I mean, it, it was... Well, nice okay, it wasn't I, anything special. All right, no. okay. I seem to remember being something unique, but maybe not. All right, okay. Um, we'd go on the road, and uh, you know they'd have like the agriculture show or something, and you'd come in, and the whole place smelt like horses. <laughs> right. You'd be like, "Oh my God, smell yeah. this place!" Right. right, right. That was our rink. Uh, Cam McIntyre says, uh, "What is Ray's strangest experience playing on Halloween?" Uh, you talked about the party, obviously. Would you have a strange opinion? I don't have one no. playing, but okay. I do have one. Uh, as a fan, we were at a game in Vancouver on uh, on Halloween, and I don't know why the thing was rowdy, and you could tell everybody was all sauced up, mm-hmm. and yeah. lots of people were. And in the third period, this guy, like the whole place starts, you know, rawr and cheering, and this guy had climbed up on the netting behind the net. I don't even know how the hell he got up there, and so. Right, like so, he jumped and must have grabbed the top of the glass while the play was at the other end. Nobody was watching, and he he was halfway up the netting, just hanging there. <laughs> no one so noticed. I, I, it, I, I just, and then all of a sudden, everyone's like, "Oh, look at this!" Right. So, uh, Tyrell Getz wants to know what goalie seemed to have your number when you played. Um, 
Well, I never scored much against Buffalo, so Darren Poopo would have been there at the time. Yep. Um, that was that was a tough. Uh, that was always a tough place for me to score. Um, well, Marty Brodeur was, you know, not yep. like he was a piece of cake any any time. Yep. Um, trying to think. Uh, you did say that you you had you scored a lot on on Patrick Wall. You, you said yes, that, I yep. did. Yep. Yeah, uh, I think the third most in history behind. Uh, well, I know what it is because I was just talking about it the other day. Um, it's uh, Owen Nolan had 19, Kevin Deneen had 18, and I had 17. Okay. Um, Brooke Zach pulled up a YouTube video, and a scouting report on you popped up. Did you see this? Um, no. Yes. Uh, uh, so this is Penticton Tier 2. Uh, Ray Ferraro posted impressive numbers last season with 65 goals, 132 points, and 52 games. He has tremendous stats and is a tremendous skater, Plow said. Larry Plow. Uh, Plow. Uh, consider, Larry Plow, yep. Larry Plow. Considered an outstanding goal scorer with explosive speed. He's got a little Gretzky in him, Bill Deneen said. He's got great anticipation. So Wasn't that nice? Report. Old Billy Deneen, Foxy Deneen, Kevin yeah. Deneen's dad, yeah. who was the head scout of uh, the Whalers at the time, and he was responsible for actually the, his him and his scouting staff they drafted in the same year uh his son kevin Ulf samuelson and myself yeah pretty, pretty good not too bad uh what's the best scouting report i don't mind that yeah yeah a little bit of gretzky you'll take it anytime uh richard levoy says what is the best prank players have either pulled on ray or what he's done to a player with his personality he seems like he could be a good joke okay well I, th- these are a couple of things i like to do on the road um, so, you, you know, you get on the escalators yeah, uh, and like the moving sidewalks in the airport. Mm-hmm. If you get to the top of the escalator or the end of the moving sidewalk first, I like to shut them off. <laughs> That's a good one. So I'm, I'm already at the top. <laughs> yeah. and like, so if you could get fast enough on one of those moving sidewalks, yeah. you get like, you know, 500 feet down the hallway and turn the thing off and guys would be sour, sour. <laughs> and like so uh, one time in Boston, we were, we were coming in for a game or for a pregame meal and uh, the bellman standing by the base of the escalator and all the meeting rooms were to his left. Mm-hmm. And I walked up and I said, uh, where's I was first off the bus. And I said, where's our meal? And he said, over here in the meeting room. Mm-hmm. Well, I just got on the escalator to go up. Oh yeah. But the, but the meeting room's and on yeah, the bottom. Right. But nobody ever asks. You just follow the guy. In yeah, front of course. Of so right. guys must have seen me ask. <laughs> so they all get on the escalator and we go up to the top and then I just stepped around and went back down. And guys are like, you're such an idiot. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> and like, you I love that. You loved it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, the best prank ever played on me. I don't know where I told this story, but I don't think I told it here. It was Benny Hogue. And Hoagie and I had gotten into some you know, we were mixing each other for a little bit, right? Yep, yep. And um, so we come back from a road game, and it's raining. And so we're, we're driving home. It's like 1 in the morning. I turn my wipers on, and my window's foggy, so I turn the defrost on. And I got it going, but I can't see because it's not defrosting. I'm like, what the hell's going on? The wipers are going. So I'm looking literally out my window, like, the driver's yeah, window yeah. to drive home because <laughs> I don't want to stop, right? I want right. to go home. And so finally I get home and the, I'm so sour because the the windows never stop defog. They never defog. So yeah. I'm thinking something's wrong. I get out and I smell uh, like menthol. And yeah. so Hoagie 
had taken uh, Vic's, you know, vapor yeah, rub, vapor rub, yeah, and and covered my windshield, <laughs> so you can't see it. That's a good one. But right. When I turned the wipers on, it was just smearing it back and forth. Oh, that's I'm a like, good one. Oh, hoagie, man, that is brutal. <laughs> Did you get him back? No, I threatened to. Uh, I threatened to get him, like you know, with a, a fish under his seat yeah. or something like that. And he had a look to him like, just don't do that. So yeah. I kind of backed off. I, yeah. I bailed on that one. Yeah, that's a good one. People have done that one over the years for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I bailed on that one. All right. Uh, last question for you. Uh, you just you talked about the odd last week or uh, maybe the week before uh, in, in Buffalo, of course, and, and uh, the Boston Garden and Maple Leaf Gardens. And you've always talked about um, – basically how they're kind of dumps, right? Uh, everyone kind of ro- romanticizes them, but they're really just, in your eyes, there's rats and their rooms yeah, are small yeah. and they're not great. So uh, Morgan wants to know, uh, was there one or two of these that hold up to a fan's romantic notion of them? Was oh, there the one? Montreal form. Okay, the, the Montreal, Montreal yeah. form, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was beautiful. It was, it was always well kept. It was, um, yeah, I just, I thought that that rink was special to me anyway, but as I, as I look back, yeah, that would have been, that would have been the one, uh, out of all the rest of them. Um, like the odd was a, that was brutal and Chicago yeah. stadium was dirty and yeah. Boston <laughs> garden. Like, I don't even think rats wanted to live in there. Um, you know, so I, I would say that would be the one, the forum yep. would be the one that, that would hold up to you know, to what the fans would see and yep. what the fans would, would dream it might be like. I, uh, I've been to a lot of these places and ballparks too. I haven't been to Wrigley, but I've been to a lot of the old ones and I've been to a lot of the old arenas over the years. I never made it to the forum and damn it. I never will. I, uh, I, I regret well, you can. That. It's there. It's a, it's a shopping mall. I've been, uh, I've been bowling there. Okay. Yeah. They have a center. I still dot there or something. Somebody told yep. me. Yep. They still, they still have that there, but right. it's, it's not the fall. Right. Right. They do have the, the, the replica dressing room in the hall of fame. I don't know how close that is to the real one, but they oh, say it's yeah. close. It's yes. It's very close. And yep. you know, I mean, obviously it's not the same, but they, they built it as, as best they could to scale and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of neat. Um, all right, that's it. Another edition of Pulp Hockey Podcast. Ray, you're in Toronto uh, for the Dallas game. And uh, guess what, buddy? We are going to see each other because uh, myself and my wife are going to Toronto next week to see the Knights play the, the, the Maple Leafs. I hope this doesn't end in divorce for us. But, uh, yeah. We're... Well, is this where I say, oh, gee, I can't wait to see you? Is that what I'm supposed to say? Yeah, pretty much. Yep, pretty much. That's, oh, I that, can't wait to see you. That was your opening to be like, can't wait to hang out with you too, Steve, but I guess not. You know, that's okay. Yeah, so that that's the one we'll have to. Okay, yeah, great. Looking forward to it. <laughs> oh, awesome. Hey, look, uh, I got to go. Uh, Cuthbert wants to grab a beer. I got to go, or whoever, Gord. Oh, you're here? For, yeah. uh, too bad. I got to go anyway. Right, right. Um, no, uh, looking forward to that for sure, to see it next week. Yeah, so be awesome. We'll see you next week. We'll, uh, we're going to – we got a couple of things planned to uh, – to do for the pod so we'll yeah. um we'll get them all organized fantastic all right everybody thank you for listening and as always right thank you for your time thanks uh for the great stories and the education on the game of hockey uh awesome guys everybody thanks for listening thanks steve uh get your questions in let us know good or bad what you think um but we're pleased that uh our numbers are good people are listening and um let us know what you'd like to hear and we'll uh, we'll try to get to it